Hi, I'm Beth Guckenberger, and welcome to the Punch First Podcast. Today we're on day 17, Todd, and we've been talking about this combat acronym, this idea that there would have some muscle memory, a tool in our tool belt we could pull out when we have any overwhelming feelings of despair or hopelessness or fear or attack in any way that we don't have to like think our way through it. We just, we just know the steps and we can start walking them. And we've talked about the power of confession. We've talked about understanding what the enemy's trying to do and measuring the impact of our choices. Yesterday we talked about believing the truth, which is really, really important. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the other tools in that tool belt. The what can you do when you feel the enemy coming on or what can you do preemptively to strengthen yourself before you're walking into a circumstance where you think you might possibly be under attack. And some of those tools are the use of scripture, like we said yesterday, some of them is the power of worship. Some of it is just prayer. Other tools in our tool belt is, is understanding rhythms of rest, the power of relationship, like accountability and fellowship. I mean, there's a lot of tools God has given us so that we would be strong when we face that enemy. And I, I think my first question for you today is, what what's your most what's your favorite weapon to pull out what's your favorite tool to use one um i you know for me routine is really important um in the seasons when when we're kind of going hard and fast and i feel like i'm actually more guarded in those seasons and more ready for the enemy it's the lull seasons it's the seasons when i've worked really hard and i'm ugh, i'm letting down and then that's when i feel like the enemy attacks whether it's through temptation or my thoughts or anxiety it could be could be a handful of things but but um, for me, spending time in the Word of God every day, I, I love, love worship. Um, I was listening to Jaira on the way in this morning, and I, I just love that, like, God is enough, right? Like, and we, we, I can step into that truth, and it, it's not that we're lead, I'm leading with, like, a feeling of, like, oh, this is praise the Lord, but the reality is I love what worship does. It changes my perspective. It actually puts me in my place and God in His place, mm-hmm. and and that, that to me, is, is so life-giving. I, I also think, you know, praying with others sometimes you know that shoulder to shoulder kind of accountability and that that can be really really life-giving also soft it softens us isn't it <laughs> i was thinking about the word the hebrew word chutzpah uh which means utter audacity gall and nerve and how god he honors chutzpah we see lots of lots of stories in the bible about where he honors chutzpah some new testament stories is the widow who knocks on the door and god says because of your persistency i'll respond we have Lots of examples where his kids, Abraham, um, in particular Moses, just are not of Joshua, are not afraid to ask them for what they want. And sometimes today in modern Christianity, we have all these back doors and plan B's for God, like, oh God, please heal this person. But if you don't, I'll still love you and it's okay. And be with him in his sickness and give him the right. Like, I understand the thinking behind that, but this is war. And what do we want to do in war? We would like to win. So when you when you're praying, when you're worshiping, pray with chutzpah. Worship with chutzpah. Have that utter audacity, gall, and nerve to say to God, "This is what I want right now. This is this is I want to advance the. I want to advance this right now. I want to defeat this enemy. I want to put to bed this sin in my life. I want to see this relationship restored. I want to, I like just. I think that boldness. I don't know. It's a sign of a warrior, and that's what we're. That's what we're talking about here. How to be warriors? Yeah, you use a you you use a great analogy about an athlete, 
and how athletes train and why wouldn't we train? Share a little bit more about that. <laughs> yeah, we and I were having dinner the other night with a married couple and we were just talking about marriage. You and I were saying that year after year, our marriage has gotten better and that I like you pretty much better than I did last year at this time. And I definitely like you better than I liked you five years ago. And we're getting along much better than we did a decade ago. And how that is not normal, that really left to ourselves, relationships tend to deteriorate. They, You have to remind yourself how they were once good, that it takes a lot of intentionality to make relationships better. And I was saying to them, if I want, if I'm an Olympic athlete, I'm a super athlete, then I exercise when I'm on vacation, I watch what I eat and I do therapy when I'm injured. And you, you put in the work and you get the result. You have a body that can do the kinds of things that we watch on television and give gold medals for. If I want an Olympic kind of marriage, if I want that kind of super athlete kind of marriage, then you and I need to watch what we eat metaphorically. We need to exercise even when we're on vacation and we need to do physical therapy when we've been injured. Like we need to do the work in order to get the result that we're looking for. And I think if I wanna be, you know, the kind of warrior that gets called on in God's, in this giant battle that we're, spiritual warfare battle we're on, then I need to do the work. And I think sharpening these tools, understanding these tools, getting them in our tool belt, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. This is the most important thing. Right, and I, and I have this mental image. I, I think I had it a couple of months ago, but I was thinking about being in the battle. And I was thinking, when I don't confess or deal with the sin issue or, or when I come to the battle, maybe not fully focused on Jesus, I'm actually coming wounded. I might be able to fight, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm a wounded soldier, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 limping along. Eventually, I'm going to take down other people because of it, or they're going to be take you know like think about my my brothers and sisters in arms. I mean, it's it's this metaphor, but but the reality is, if if we are if we not sharpen this, mm-hmm. if we don't if we don't stay consistent, if we don't dive into our full relationship with Jesus, fully transparent, fully open, then we're only going into the battle wounded. Once again, I think the enemy wants to take us out of the battle. There's nothing probably that can take us out of the battle. I really believe that God will, will come as, as closest to us, closest to us as we, as He needs to. But but the reality is, I don't want to I don't want to be a wounded soldier, and I don't want to be wounded fighting alongside you or alongside anybody. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about orphan spirit before, but this is where we get to stand on the authority and the birthright we have as one of God's kids. I performed a wedding a few weeks ago and I told a nervous uh, bride, your birthright as a daughter of the king is you can ask him for peace and he'll give it to you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to wring your hands and wonder if he'll bring it. His gift to you is peace. And this day in in the journal talks a little bit about the word shalom, which is the Hebrew word for peace. Shalom has a really big definition, which we go into in the book. But part of that definition that I like the best is that shalom fills in the cracks. It literally... And we all have cracks, like in being in that battle, being wounded, you're gonna have cracks, but God will give us peace and that peace fills us. And that's, that is our right. I mean, every single time I pray, I say with the authority I have as a co-heir with you, Jesus, like I just remind myself and God, maybe with a little bit of chutzpah, you told me I'm a co-heir with you. You told me with that came rights and privileges. You told me greater things are we going to do on earth than we can do than you did. You told me that. So now I'm asking you to do the things that that are needed right now. And and I don't think that's demanding. I think that's actually 
a sense of spiritual confidence. And I think that's my dream is that as people are working through combat, as they're working in spiritual warfare, they have the kind of spiritual confidence they need to engage the enemy, knowing he's already been defeated. So on a real practical level, um, yesterday morning I came in the office and I ran into a coworker and, and she said she was feeling anxious today. Mm-hmm. Last night, you and I went on a walk and um, we're sh- you were sharing some things about our kids. We have a lot of tra- transition, right? We've got kids going to college. We've got kids that are getting married. We've got kids that are looking for jobs. And and those are things that can kind of, I think, where the enemy can pick at, especially the unknown mo- in, of all that. in a mother's heart. I think different perspectives from husband and wife, but but to practically speaking, what 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 are you doing in those moments to punch first? What's what's your what's your conversation with the Lord? What I sometimes you know. Sometimes I just have a code word with God, and I wrote a whole book about my code word is amen. Um, that book, Start With Amen, talks about how I have inverted my prayers now for almost 15 years. And I I sometimes start with the word amen, which is like my word to God that says, I know you're sovereign and you're good and I trust you. Now everything else I say is sits on top of that foundational belief system. And so like just starting with what I know is true, like God loves them more than I do. Um, God talks to them directly. He doesn't have to do it through me. Like just reminding myself of things that are true tend to reduce my anxiety and swell my spiritual confidence. Um, But you and I have code words all the time. Like sometimes, you know, if you and I walk into a situation which we know will be hard for one of us or the other, we have prearranged a code word that means stop talking Mm -hmm. if I say this word, Mm -hmm. or we have to leave right now, or whatever our code word means. God and I have those same kind of code words. And I say to him sometimes, you know, even as simple as uncle, like I I literally can't carry it anymore. Mm, That's great. And I think that's how I stop the crazy train in my heart and mind and start saying, "I, I need you to come in and and fill my cracks. It is amazing when we bring God into the story. He's already there, right? Mm-hmm. But when we acknowledge that He's there, it does it does fill the cracks. It yeah. does it does bring a whole different perspective. Um, and I think for me, I'm and you and I talk often about this. The enemy tends to attack us more at night. Mm-hmm. In the morning, uh, not not just to quote the verse, but you know, His mercies are new every morning. But in the morning, I have this sense of peace with the Lord, and. As the day gets on, you fill, you fill your bucket with lots of different things, and so the enemy, I think, takes those and, and picks at those. So I think, I think, kind of a reset throughout the day, even sometimes, like, okay, let me get my perspective together and let God be in control of my day. Well, I hope that you and those that you are joining in study and in conversation can have a good exchange about what it looks like. Um, this, this aiming your fist, this momentum stage, this it's time to run towards the enemy and get ready for what we're going to talk about tomorrow, which is throwing the first punch. 